Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. That's the second time it's gone off. Never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. There's a lot of nonsense talked about nutrition these days in top-level sport. The war of nutrition. Eat this, don't eat that, inject this, don't drink that, and so on. All complete bullshit, it turns uh, out. Hello and welcome to Monday Second Camps Podcast. Hi, Murph. Hi, Kent. Hello there, on. It's a load of me arse. It really is, Murph, and I know that because of you and your investigative, your sleuthing skills. Those of you who have yet to become a member of the World Service family will have missed out on a story that Murph told about the aftermath of the World Cup, Cup playoff humbling at the hands of Denmark. Just hours after Ireland had been humiliated at Lansdowne Road, you spotted Kieran, none other than Harry Arter, Republic of Ireland midfielder Harry Arter, eating his worries away in, do you want to tell the non-World Service members where he was eating? Eddie Rockets in South Anne Street. Eddie Rockets in, in South Anne Just Street. a short walk from Grafton Street, which is Dublin's main shopping thoroughfare, of course. <laughs> now, I'm sure all the nutritionists <laughs> out there with their calorie charts would have marched straight up to him and said, look, Harry, I know you're hurting, man, but a, a smokestack burger, bacon and cheese fries, Wash down with the chocolate malt. It's not going to do you any good. How wrong you are, food police. How wrong you are. After, Arthur, I should say, was back in club action at the weekend with Bournemouth. Uh-huh. Don't know if you saw him, Ken. Oh, sure I saw Loaded up on heavy carbs and fatty acids. He mm. proceeded to score his first goal of the season, dispossessing a Huddersfield defender and slamming a shot into the bottom corner for the third goal. After a, a nice little change win. of direction as well. Exactly, yeah. Ken. You didn't see him banging in the goals like that on quinoa and goji berries, did you? You, just, you need a burger every now and again. That's the, See, well, you don't have to. This is not anti-vegetarian or anything like that. Of course. You just need some, some comfort food every now and again, yeah, even exactly. for a top athlete. I mean, Jaffa cakes. You have to, well, Jaffa cakes are yeah. de rigueur for a sportsman. But a happy player, on You know, what price happiness? You know, he was feeling low. He got himself back to, he, you know, got, got himself re-centred after his cheese please. And uh, he moves forward with positivity. And that's what we saw on Saturday. The fry up in the hotel the following morning, though, was well, unnecessary. Yeah. But you, you, sometimes you just wake up, even though you've... Do you, you ever wake up hungry and think, oh, I mustn't have eaten... Oh, no, hang on, I went and had a horrible... Uh, not, not, of course, Eddie Rockets is horrible. No, I just of course, mean, just generally speaking. Yeah, uh, food, heavy food, 
yeah. before going to bed, but sometimes you wake up hungry in the morning regardless. <laughs> I'm not saying Harry Arter filled that gap by then proceeding. I'd say he ate healthily the following morning. Yeah. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Scored a goal. Delighted to see it. Hopefully all the Irish players will come back. I wonder what they... Strong from, yeah. It, it kind of seemed like a lot of our players did pretty well uh, on Saturday. Maybe, you know, letting their hair down on Tuesday night, whether that be in burger or in any other form. Is, uh, just what I had a Belgian waffle. Yep. Mm. Shane and Jerry are going to be on today on jo- Joey Carberry's Magnificence play against Fiji. <laughs> yes. And we're going to dip into the Club Hurling Championships to chat about Limerick's and the Piersheik, who All-Ireland Champions a couple of years back. And 2015, Munster yes. Champions once again. Munster well, Champions 2016, again. 2015 season, but 2016, if you know what I mean. They took care of Gunner over the weekend, thanks in part to today's guest. Plays this one forward towards the far side. David Breen out to try and win possession of it. Breen, who has it at the second attempt, on the 21, on the 13. Your brother Adrian across the centre. Breen goes for goal and gets the goal. The icing has been applied on the kick. And the Piercing have their third goal, 3.15 to 2.10. And whatever doubt there was, if there was any, there's none now. The Piercing going to be crowned champions yet again. They've been absolutely clinical. Isn't it a pity that David is based in London, that he's not he's not around to help the Limerick senior hurling team? Liam Ahern and Leo O'Connor of Limerick's Live 95 FM. The reason David Breen is in London and not available for the Limerick senior team is that he's a physio a bloody good physio Murph once fixed a hamstring of mine the right one to be specific (laughs) (laughs) and he also managed to look not too shocked at my incredible inflexibility I think we might have talked about this at the time Mm. you know the bit where the physio asks you just to raise your let's just check the range of Oh, oh, really not a great range for a 37 year old otherwise healthy person (laughs) I I don't quite know it's it's just never been great but uh, yeah he's over with we'll leave actually he's, he's with a sports team over in the UK We'll, mm. we'll Forward selling on them, interesting. It's wasps, wasps yeah. rugby team. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to, but didn't really. It wasn't going to make a huge difference to people one way or the other. But there you go. We're going to talk uh, a little bit later to friend of the show, David Breen. Yeah, and, and I don't know if you've seen the two goals, but they were doozies. So looking forward to that. Non-World Service members, this goes out especially to you. You, you do understand at this point, I hope, that World Service members don't have to hear this bit. Mm. They just skip on. They're if here. you're annoyed by this bit, then there's a very easy <laughs> yeah. solve for this. And Click forward 15 seconds a few times. Yeah, no, that's one not way. That old. Sure. Not but that maybe old. you're cycling and driving. Maybe it's not safe to do so. So you're stuck listening to this bit. If you're, maybe you're carrying something heavy yeah. and you, can't, you just can't take your phone out I, and you're yeah. stuck there. And you're thinking, oh, guys, just get on. At least get on with the ad. Don't just keep waffling about the ad that you're about to give us. Well, well no, we're going to keep waffling. Uh, on the other because hand, you're not ponying up. Appears five like year a month as fat as all we're asking. It appears as if we're in the driving seat yeah, here. We could just keep going. Yeah. But we probably should continue. And you guys continue to keep missing out on unbelievably good weeks of independent journalism and scoops. This happened last week, for example. You don't know what it's about. Unbelievable, boys. You. Breaking the news. It's a true story. I was so hard to keep it under wraps, but I did. You also miss all our football coverage last week, which means this may well confuse you. 1850 715 815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Lion Live. 51551 is our text number, and Joe at rt.ie from wherever you are in the world. Ken, good afternoon. How are you? You saw it, what happened? I mean, I actually was abused by a Dane as well mm-hmm. the night before. Go ahead. I was I was I was having uh, dinner after the 
the, the, you know, we finished our work or whatever on Friday, went into town, we were, we were sitting in a restaurant. Uh, you were a journalist. Uh, and uh, Myself mm-hmm. and three other journalists. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, we were, uh, it turned out we were all looking at our phones simultaneously. Mm-hmm. We were waiting in the bill or something. Mm-hmm. And this Danish guy mm-hmm. staggered up from behind, sort of mm-hmm. suddenly leaned over the table and he goes, Go ahead. Is there a Wi-Fi? Is there a Wi-Fi in here? The whole thing, say, um, Ken, the whole thing is, is getting more and more bizarre. You, you didn't do it, did you, did you report that to the FAI or anything? We were like, uh, uh, actually, we're just on the 3G. Mm-hmm. Before we could finish explaining we weren't actually on the Wi-Fi, he goes, Wi-Fi wankers! You're all Wi-Fi wankers! Did he write because, this himself? Did he, we compose, were, or did he compose this line himself? You know, he, all he'd seen was for... I, I don't know how he knew we were Irish, but he, he knew. Join us now at secondcaptains.com forward slash join and become a member of the World Service. You'll get to hear Richie's latest players share with Paul Stewart as well as our regular shows every single day. You'll also get your podcast first on a Monday, hard sell free. You'll be able to skip right past this bit. It's not, you know, the five euro is not just so you can, you don't have to listen to this bit. There are other fringe benefits like four extra shows. Every, yeah, every largely week. though. Largely, largely just this, this bit. Yeah, yeah. You also get an induction pack Murph as well. Don't forget about that. First call and live show tickets, which may have been what US Murph was shouting about earlier on. And yeah. discounts discounts and everything online at secondcaptains.com. So it's five euro a month plus VAT. Unbelievable deal. It's a steal practically. So please get on board today and join the Second Captains family. Joey Carberry gave us a tantalising glimpse on Saturday of what an Ireland team might look like with him conducting things from out half in the future. But we're going to have to wait and park those thoughts for now after the news was confirmed today that he fractured a wrist against Fiji. We'll get Shane's thoughts in a second. Jerry Thornley is here. Jerry, good to see you. Good afternoon. Obviously disappointing uh, that he's out for yeah. a few weeks considering just how, how special a talent he is. We all knew that, but the, to see him at out half for Ireland in an international in which they were struggling at times to perform the way he was performing, it's a, it's a little bit of a pity that, that he's going to be out for a couple of months. Yeah, it's a hu- huge pity. Just about his performance, first off, I mean, in in the heat of the hunt, he was probably the difference in Ireland winning the game, really, when you think he created that first try. I mean, I know it was a good team try, but it was his magic that made it for Darren Sweetman. I was actually cursing him for not going all the way because I backed him at 14-1 to 1 for first try score, um, which would have been sweet. But uh, I think he's... he's Bigger, mo- p- bigger picture, Jerry. Bigger picture. One of the most special talents Ireland has ever produced. It's partly Kiwi produced, there's no doubt about it. The fact that he spent his first 11 years growing up as a Kiwi boy. I did a big interview with him last week for the Irish Times on Saturday and I said, you know, the first 11 years of your life are always going to be part of what you are as a rugby player. What is it that made you the rugby player you are from your first 11 years growing up in New Zealand? He said, just playing what you see, he said. Um, we never did moves in training. We just did three and threes, four and fours, and we went out and we just played. And he's just a very natural footballer, beautiful balance runner, great feet, great step, great pass off both hands, appreciates where space is, always seems to have time in the ball, was always liable to get dunted a few times by the Fijians because he passes so late. Um, he's a very brave boy. And it's an awful shame, all right. I, I mean, he would only have got another week in camp and probably might have come off the bench next week. The real loss is that if he's out for like six to eight weeks or whatever, in the upcoming run of games in the Pro 14 and the two against Exeter, maybe not so much. He might have played fullback in those, who knows. And then the other run of games after that, he probably would have got some game time at out half for Leinster. So that's the big loss there. But you just saw what a talent he is when you consider he only had five minutes of out of half play this season. What, remarkable what sense did you get from him in terms of his mindset when you were talking to him 
if I was as good at sport, any sport as he is, Jerry, mm. I, I, I'll tell you now, I'm probably weak <laughs> enough that I get extremely cocky extremely quickly. But I guess you, you don't keep progressing if that's the case. What's what, what's a level of confidence are we talking about here? Just a very cool temperament, I thought. Right. Very engaging lad. Um, very easy talker. Um, I'd done a group interview before and he seemed a little bit nervous by comparison, which can often be the case with players. Then you do a one-on-one interview and you see them what they're much more what they're really like in person. Yeah, very... Bright, um, amiable, easygoing, chatty lad. Um, confident enough in his own skin, clearly, but not in any way arrogant or cocky. Not at all. Um, um, by all accounts, talking to Stuart Lancaster about him again today, he's very diligent, very hardworking. Um, he's got some good coaches around him and Joe Schmidt, Stuart Lancaster, at all helping him along. And he's got some marvellous role models and Johnny Sexton and Ethan Assay with Leinster and so forth. So I think he's bulked up as well over the summer, you could see. Um, and I think, so with all that natural talent, there's just a, a very, very good work ethic to boot and I think he'll, he'll only get better. Shane, I know there are one or two maybe defensive lapses, but nothing that can't be, uh, can't be fixed as his career progresses. And the kind of stuff he was producing, his, his decision-making on top of everything, I think you guys talked about it on TV, for that try to, to, to make the initial burst, to see the gap, to, to create it for himself, but then to have the wherewithal to disappoint Jerry and to pass it on. And the execution of the pass. There's so much. There's so much good stuff going on there in his game. Yeah, even before that, the, posi- the initial position that he took up, uh, hiding behind that forward pod, was really clever. Uh, their prop couldn't see him. He never took him into consideration. And by the time he came round the corner and took the ball off uh, Herring, um, he the the prop could never get back in. He could never transfer his way from his outside back to his inside. He couldn't do it against an average player. He certainly wasn't going to be able to do it against somebody who has a step as, as good as Joey. And you could what what Jerry said there is, is 100% correct. That move was a wide move. It was meant to go, it was meant to hold the inside and he was meant to transfer the ball out to uh, a number of backs that were, were standing in deeper positions outside. Instead of that, he just played what he saw. He had a big step off his right foot. He doesn't seem to lose any pace whatsoever when he steps. And then Joe Smith uh, mentioned it in the interview after the game, the execution of that you know, 15 to 20 yard pass left to right, Sweetenham didn't have to break s- stride. Uh, to finish that off, he made it look really, really simple, but it wasn't. It was a, um, a high skill um, play that was executed brilliantly. Now listen, he does have a couple of um, elements to his game that he needs to polish up when he was found out a little bit wider, which was surprising for me for someone who's played in full back a lot, when he was out in the wider channels um, he sometimes got a little bit overawed by um, seeing a lot of numbers um, uh, opposite him. And he broke the line and tried to um, snuff the ball out instead of just taking his time and allowing um, the play to unfold and trusting his inside to eventually get there. He did that on a couple of occasions and um, Ireland had to pay for both of them. His kicking off the off the ground, probably uh, not quite where he'd want it to be, but you know, I think... As with a number of players, and it's a nice position for Joe Smith to be in, there are there's seemingly now a huge number of Irish players, particularly in the backs, that are saying, you've got to find a way to get me into this team. In what position, I'm not sure. Um, you know, worrying, Worryingly for me, as a 10, I think you need to be playing um, in that position week in, week out to really uh, play at the top, top level. And he just doesn't want to be in the, in the, in the category of uh, of a you know sort of a a guy who can can do loads of different roles particularly well but hasn't nailed down one position he's not going to take that position off Johnny Sexton in the short term that's for certain so you know where where do we see him playing other than just a backup ten 
Yeah, welcome, Joe, welcome, jo- welcome to Ian Madigan's world. <laughs> yeah, Joe's, yeah, Joe's frustrated by this, clearly, Shane. I mean, is th- what sort of solution would you see to this situ- situation, assuming he recovers in six weeks or whatever? I think he's a different animal than, than Madigan, though, uh, entirely. I think he offers a, a different type of... I think he offers um, a higher ability as a 10 and a much more be- a much better 12 as well, and a better fullback. I just think he's an all-around, more highly skilled player. He's more of a Joe Schmidt player, definitely. And I think, you know... Joe will love to have him as a uh, as a uh, as a backup ten, which was has been an issue. I think there's been a big drop off from the quality of Johnny Sexton to anybody else. With um, Carby around, that drop off is a slightly less. He's going to look at him definitively at fifteen, but. I know the sort of uh, the selection criteria that Joe employs when picking a fifteen, and um, you know Rob Carney's um, solidity is a cornerstone for that. Um, so you know, is there somewhere else he can fit him in? I don't know if he's going to even look at him at a twelve because he hasn't played any any um, hasn't had any game time there for Leinster, and we do have a number of um, you know centre options. So um, it must be a frustration for for Joe, but it's going to be a frustration for Joey as well. We maybe should think a little bit more long term than say the Six Nations because what's Johnny Sexton now? Thirty one, maybe thirty two. Yeah. I think is he not? So the, there is that drop off from Sexton to the supporting out half. And um, but if we get Carberry up to speed, maybe that gap is a lot less. But if we're looking, say, two years down the line or three years down the line, then at the moment you would say Carberry should be the well, certainly the highest potential of any of the supporting out half. So like Joe can't control obviously what happens at the provinces, but. Is there any other solution to this, Shane? Would you see from an Irish rugby perspective, you'd say we're a small enough country that we should be able to find a solution for essentially the most important position on the field? Uh, no, I think we can't. We're not going to push uh, Johnny Sexton into retirement any time soon, and we're going to we're going to continue to have to have a um, um, a plan in place for what happens when he retires. But as you said, that's a long way off, and it could be. Uh, it could be a good number of years off. You know, tens don't tend to uh, move themselves from the picture too early, and Johnny doesn't look like he's showing any signs of um, you know falling off his perch. So you, you do think while you continue to develop him on as as a ten, um, is he good enough to to try and fit somewhere else into the team? And you know, that may that may involve a change in philosophy. I think. Um, as a fullback, I, I'm not entirely certain if um, he has enough to his game at international level, just on the very, you know, on the sort of core skills um, that Joe will want him to to have that are that are um, vital for a fullback. I, I think he's he, and also I think he's more comfortable at, in that ten twelve channel where he's attacking the line. And I think he is more dangerous when he's in that position as well. So, you know, how can we fit him in? I don't know. Do you look at him at a twelve? And you know, it's certainly been a, it's been a possibility that I've I've suggested you know for a while now. But it, it's hard or almost impossible for Joe to do that when he hasn't uh, had any time at Leinster. And and Leinster have two good centres as well. And uh, even with the with the injury to Ringrose, uh, it's not something that they've looked at. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking. There's also it, Bundyaki in the Irish equation now as well, and Stuart McLaughlin. Well, it's pretty you know, obvious Robbie what you would. Do, yeah, it's pretty obvious what you would do if you were Joe Schmidt and you had ultimate control. I know Joe likes to have a lot of control, but if you had <laughs> absolutely ultimate control over what you can do in Irish rugby, and that is, you would move this player. You would move Joey Carberry probably to Munster and have him as an out half there. And within a year or two, he'd be we'd be into a, an O'Gara Sexton style dynamic where you've got this younger guy who's 
just as good. This isn't going to happen, so I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. No. <laughs> but um, uh, it's well, just, uh, in a way, for the international team, it's a shame that the, the out half the quality of Carberry's come along at the same province as Johnny Sexton. There's two strands to this. There's Leinster and there's Ireland. Now, with Leinster, he's been playing at fullback this season, and he's added a lot of value there, particularly hitting the line as a second playmaker, second receiver further out. He's put, he's, he creates tries, he scores tries when he's close to the line. And at least he's on the pitch. You're getting value out of Joey Carby, and I would imagine even getting an extended run of fullback is t- teaching him more about out-of-half play. So that's beneficial that he's at least getting game time. What happens now when he comes back from injury, if Rob Carney settled at 15, Johnny Sexton is understandably Leinster's first choice out-of-half and Ireland's for some time to come, we hope, and will be the resident Irish incumbent out-of-half at the next World Cup. But ideally, if you're going to have a backup, remembering particularly what happened to Argentina, and this is all do- with the next World Cup in mind, Ian Madigan came, started that quarter-final and Ireland lost, having come off the bench the previous week. He hasn't played an awful lot of rugby for Ireland at that half, or even for Leinster. So it was, in that sense, it's similar to Joey Carberry's situation yep. at the moment. So for Ireland, ideally, if you're bringing Carberry to the World Cup as your second choice at half, two years from now, and the same applies with Andrew Porter, and the same applies with James Ryan and Jacob Stockdale, you'd really want them to have had at least 10 test caps under their belt, minimum at going to a World Cup. But where is, where is the window of opportunity for this to happen? You're right, you, the Six Nations is very much a standalone competitive um, tournament in its own right where there's huge pressure on Ireland to perform well from, from the RFU, from the spectators, from us in the media, everywhere else. We start away to France in the first weekend. You know, ideally you'd want Johnny Sexton starting there and if he's fit and well, probably seen out the 80 minutes. So then the, the windows are very few and, and far between between now and the next World Cup. You might have to look at the tour to Australia next summer, three tests, and start Joey Carberry and or Paddy Jackson on all three tests and give Johnny Sexton a break. I don't know. But then you're taking a big risk when you blood all these players in Australia, which will be a tough tour. But that might be the time to do it and give some of your frontliners a rest. What else are we looking at, Shane? Or who else were you looking at? Obviously, uh, Keen Healy seems to be back with uh, a bang and it's nice to see a smile on his face, even though he did try disallowed at the weekend. Is, is, he, is he first choice now? Um, no, I don't think he is, I, I, but I think it's uh, become a lot closer. Jack McGrath didn't have a great game. Of, you know, Jack McGrath is a consistently top, top performer and one of the key senior players now in Ireland. He's actually a senior player from a very young age in Leinster and in Ireland. And he's very much a, a Joe player. And he's also very much a player for um, this new look Ireland and New York look Leinster that have evolved their game a little bit more, that demand more of their props um, from a passing sense, from ability to hold an inside defender, um, a prop that has to think the game very much uh, like I think Tyke Furlong is the outstanding prop at having an idea of the bigger picture of of a, a team game plan. Uh, Jack McGrath is you know slightly below him in that without, without ever probably having the incredible um, physical attributes um, that um, Keane Healy's had. But, you know, Keane has gone through a horrific time uh, with injury for the last um, number of years. He did seem to have um, turned a corner a little bit at the start of this season and his displays uh, so far uh, for Ireland have been uh, have been really impressive. I thought uh, he came on and was very, very impactful at the weekend. So that is a, just a perfect situation for Joe Smith. It's not one that he'll be concerned of. Jack will be, I think, He's ha- he had carried a little bit of an injury into the game. It's the reason he didn't start the week before. Um, so having those two guys firing a full cylinders, that's exactly the situation that he want to have. Um, you know, who he starts, I think, is is not that much of a concern for Ireland. It might be for the individual players because one will always want to start ahead of the other. But from an impact on 
on the Ireland game plan, uh, I, I think it ha- has it doesn't have a huge influence. They're different players; they contribute in different ways, but the the, the outcome can, can often um, often be similar. Um, so uh, you know that perspective is brilliant for him. I think you know there's a few other players, Mr. Trick. I think you know probably Jordy Murphy, uh, Alton Delan. Um, they would have liked to be more impactful. It was a difficult game for them in that they were dealing with some very physical specimens. And just the sure bulk of um, the Fijian uh, eight were very difficult to get them off at rook time. Um, but I do know, again, and we spoke about it last week, how um, picky Joe Smith is on um, the basic skills. And one of them is being able to clear the rook properly and, and having um, silver service ball for the nine. And that didn't happen at any stage um, over the over the 80 minutes. And you have to look at your front five for that. They, they, they are, sorry, you have to look at your you know front eight for that. They didn't deliver um, around rook time as he would want. Now, Jack Conan carried well um, at different periods. Um, Reese Rurock did a, a good day's work without being maybe as um, shining as he was um, the week before, but you know, I think in the in largely in the backs did pretty well. Um, McCluskey again making the sort of errors that Joe Smith will find really annoying, but generally, like I really enjoyed his play. I liked even the stuff that he tried that didn't work. I kind of liked it. Um, Andrew Sweetnam looks as though he's very very comfortable on the wing, and maybe um, will get a, a few more opportunities there. Conway as well looks like just a different player in the last eighteen months. As, as, uh, you know, I suppose from a physical side of the game, he just doesn't look as um, as bulliable as he has been before. I just, you know, when he was going through again another injury ravaged spell, it was like almost every time he went up for the ball, you expect him to take a knock. That doesn't seem the case. He seemed a lot more robust uh, at the weekend, and probably more than anyone, he's done his chances of, of remaining in the squad uh, and in action um, uh, a boost. What do you think of Conway's chances of, of pushing Rob Carney, maybe even in the Six Nations, Jerry? I think they're strong. I really do. I think he's just completely reinvented himself as a player and his confidence levels have just hit a new level completely. He looks like he feels like he belongs. Since coming on at halftime in that England game, which would have given him a lot of confidence playing that second half, he's started all but one of Ireland's games since then and he's rotating between winning full-backs who's become quite a valuable member of the squad and indeed so for Munster as well. All the more so in the light of Simon Zebo announcing his decision to leave Munster. Um, ironically, Conway himself is out of contract at the end of the season, so his value has shot up there as well. And I know there's been interest from French and English clubs. But I would think that in the context of, um, if you're looking at the 15 starters and players who are auditioning for roles in the senior team, I agree with Shane. I think Conway is the most likely to not only force his way back in again next weekend, maybe on the wing, but yes, to push Rob Carney or certainly push for place in the back three come the Six Nations. Um, it looks like we're entering a new phase of Andrew Conway's career now. Joe Schmidt was saying the Argentina game isn't a grudge match and it's so long ago, you couldn't argue with that. But I do think it's obviously the low point of his international coaching career and arguably his whole professional coaching career. Um, because Ireland did get outsmarted on the day. I know certain players let Ireland down, but they did get outsmarted in a coaching manner, which pretty much never happens. Um, you suspect you'd be extra motivated to come up with a game plan that sort of proves something against Argentina, because no matter how badly they're going or whatever's happening in the run-up to an Ireland-Argentina game, it's always really sticky and really uncomfortable and just really difficult for Ireland to win, even when they're the superior team. He says it's just another game. And I couldn't agree with you more, can't they? Because yeah. it annoys him so much. It's the game. It he, hangs over everything it, about it, this it, Ireland it's team. The, it, it's the game he references the most in conversation and at press conference. The one he refers consistently refers back to, and particularly in the context of losing five 
outstanding frontline players. Like, you know, if you if the All Blacks had lost Dan Carter, Conrad Smith, Kieran Reid mm. and two others, it would have been the equivalent blow. And even the All Blacks would struggle without five of their absolute best players. Maybe less so than anybody else in the world, but even they would struggle. And certainly a team like Ireland would. So that's what this window is all about and building the squad depth and so forth. And I do think you're right. I think Argentina, that game annoys them more than anything. I think in some respects, it's the main reason he stayed on <laughs> to have another go at this mm. World Cup. It's the main reason he turned down the Lions in the summer so that he could go be with the Irish squad to the USA and Japan to build for this World Cup. And uh, I think also it's good that Argentina won at the weekend against Italy by 16 points. I think they're a better side than Fiji. It looks like they're going to be the best of the three sides Ireland are going to face. They have been very competitive in the rugby championship. Um, they've got a lot of natural athletes. They're going to swing from the hip. It's their last game of the year. They'll want to go out in the high. It's been the end of a long, arduous year because their players travel an awful lot between representing the Jaguares in Super Rugby and Argentina, the rugby championships. They, spend, they, they accumulate a lot of air miles in an average year now, so they must be fairly tired, but they're, they're desperate for a couple of wins to redress their year, and it would redress their year in a major way. And uh, I think you're right. I think... He desperately want to win this game. It's desperately, been, it's been a funny one, funny series, Shane. We've had a huge win in a match that was expected to be close, a very narrow win in a match that a lot of people expected us to romp away with. What are you expecting next week? Um, they're a different challenge, and I think it's as we build towards the next World Cup, um, we don't get too many opportunities to come up against sides that um, you know that will come up against in the World Cup or might come up, up against only once every four years. And I think it was good that we had that game against uh, Fiji uh, this weekend because they presented a different style of play and a different set of challenges that are that are you know maybe unique to Fiji, but certainly nothing that Ireland come up against in the Six Nations. And the similar thing is going to happen this weekend with Argentina. Um, now. I think you know, the challenges that they, that they provide in a World Cup are almost like what we'll see next weekend uh, to the max because they'll have, have time together. They'll have, we know how good they are once they get um, consistent uh, training together but also develop that teamship that we see in World Cups that allows them to go to a different level. But even the Argentina team that we'll see um, next weekend will be um, something that the Irish players aren't used to and you will have to think a little bit more on your feet yes they'll have analysed them very well they'll have done a lot of film they'll have moves and set plays and rolling plays um, that will be used to break them down but what I found when I played against uh, Argentina was you would look at them on the video screen and you would break them down and you would think you would have the exact right game plan and you would think there's no way you can't beat these if you execute your game correctly. And then you go out and play them and the, the style and commitment and physicality and in uh, unorthodoxy of what they uh, provide uh, or what they, their challenge that they provide on the field absolutely throws that all out the window. So it's almost like tw- you think you're going to imp- impose your game, you get 20 minutes into it and you're all at sea because you're like, this isn't the way we address things in the, uh, in the um, team room and things aren't going the way we want it. Now, when you get to that point, you have to figure out how do we beat them, not throwing out our... our um, uh, our analysis out the window but actually how do we beat them um, using our analysis but actually tweaking it so it's an, it's effective when we're meeting their challenge because until you're on the pitch with them I don't think that you, you can really recognise how difficult it is to play against this Argentina t- side they seem you know they always seem uh, very simple in a lot of the stuff they do but they're so annoying at the breakdown we saw we had a big trouble with that against Fiji they're 
constantly you know willing to give away or be on the, the sort of the um, a fine line between giving away a penalty and not they'll take risks they'll you know throw in numbers into rooks when you don't think they should and no other northern hemisphere team would so you have to be very adaptable um so from some perspects i think it's really you know lucky that we had fiji last week it's good for the team and the way they develop that we have um, argentina this week but again it'll be still a different type of argentina that we uh, see around world cup time but it all goes to um, developing the players yeah nicely explained Shane Jerry thanks a million cheers thank you words alone are not enough I have to I have to resort to song oh well yeah a heart full of love a heart full of song I'm doing everything all wrong Oh, God, for shame, I do not even know your name. Dear World Service subscriber, won't you say? Ken Early, Owen McDevitt, secondcamps.com. Go on and subscribe. You're not already uh, a member. Great value for money. Better value for money than the license fee, some people would say, Alan. Not me now, obviously, but... uh, Not me, uh, Hugh. I don't want to put them down, but they seem to want to prove that you don't need to know anything about football to write about it. What you think doesn't really matter. The press come and go, as we know. You mentioned Ken Early. Well, yeah. you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with anything Ken Early says about football. Second cap, first cap, and whatever. Bang up to date now with uh, my sad captains, not to be confused with second captains. The equally brilliant second captains. It's my sad captains. What are your Initial thoughts, Simon, about Argentina. There's no possible way we'd ever slip up against Los Pumas in international rugby, is there? Well, no, sorry, better I'm, players, better history. Yeah, I'm just going to favorites. Check, check the calendar here. This doesn't appear to be a World Cup year, so I'm going to say Might no. Right. There is no way that we're going to slip up against Los Pumas, and then be overconfident when we face them in a World Cup. Uh, it's all part of the hustle. This, I mean, this is the hustle bit now. Argentina hustle us by yeah, yeah by losing to losing us all the time, us, except yeah, yeah. at World Cups. Just that. The loss in the World Cup hangs over the whole Joe Schmidt regime, as Jerry was saying there. And even the fact we're talking about Joey Carberry so much, partially because of what happened in the World Cup quarterfinal. When we lost Sexton, we were so much weaker. And we're, we're still at that point, I think, where an injury to Sexton and Murray, but they're probably the only two, really, if you think about it, Sexton and Murray, that would really possibly derail us. Two goals for David Breen yesterday in the Munster Club hurling final. His brother Adrian won man of the match, scoring a goal and five points. A pretty good day all round for the Breen household, David? Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, yeah, the, the parents were, were fairly proud, um, but no, we were, we were delighted with it. Adrian, was, Adrian had a great game again, so yeah, I was delighted for him too. So you've won the Limerick title in 2011, 2013, 2015 and 2017, and yet to drop a game, yet to lose a game in the Munster Championship. How have you managed, which can be a bit of a bear pit, I mean, there's not exactly a lack of quality in Munster Club Hurling and you've got another Munster title to your names. Yeah, like uh, I suppose the the stats and the records are they're nice. Um, it's not it's not something we think about too much, but it's only kind of after after games that people um, people let you know about them. But uh, no, look, it's it's brilliant. Um, it's great uh, great record to have, I suppose. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll try and push on again. Though I think the reason that it's so impressive, though, is that we're not talking about a club who have always been mega successful. I mean, your first Limerick final, Limerick County final, was in two thousand and nine. A match you played in. The team only scored three points that day, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, so, so, sorry to hark back to it. I, I just wanted to frame it in the context that, that we're not talking about a team who's used to success up until the last 10 years. 
Yeah, thanks for that reminder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was uh, look, it, it, but it was something that that lives in the memory with us and and with any players that were involved that day. You know, um, three points in a in a county final, and and we were fairly novice at that stage. It was it was a bit of an upset for us even to get to the county final um, in two thousand and nine. And uh yeah, we we just got uh we got a lesson that day and, and you know, it's, it's fairness the boys um the boys soaked it up as much as they could. It was tough to take and, and the following day even we everyone ordered a minibus and we were playing a dare at the time and we all went out to Adair and, and went in and had a drink with them out there and shook their hands and you know they had the game on the big screen and you know um when you get beaten 17 or 18 points in a county final and, and you have to go out to their home patch and shake their hands it takes um a serious group of men to do that so uh you know it's something that you know we refer back to every now and again and it's just uh it's nice to see how far we've come you know yeah i was gonna ask you like you do refer back to it, I can imagine because as Owen is saying there, it's you know you're you're not you're not previously you know a powerhouse of Limerick club hurling that that's your first ever club final, which just makes this last six years just almost uh, unbelievable, really. That uh, and there was five, I think five survivors from the 2009 final playing uh, yesterday as well. So I mean that's still a decent core of lads who've kind of been through all of those wins. Yeah, yeah, like and I suppose every. Chance to get to have a big win or a big game, you know, you get to enjoy the celebrations that go with it, and your season goes on a little bit longer, and you become a little bit tighter as a group, you know, as opposed to maybe a club team that was knocked out earlier on in the summer and they don't meet up again until the following February or March or that, you know. So, you know, it's been great to to go on such a run and and your season to last so long because just uh, all the boys that are there, you just become tighter and tighter as a as a group every time you know yeah yesterday it seemed a little bit like you'd suffered from not really having a, a very competitive game in the last couple of months whereas Ballygunner had obviously already been through a couple of wars in the Munster Club Hurling Championship uh did it take you a while to kind of warm up you have you outscored them 3-9 to 1-3 in the second half so that that would certainly suggest certainly suggest as much yeah, we like we were, you know, probably couldn't believe that we were only a point or two down at half time. Really, the the intensity of the game in the first half was something that we hadn't experienced in in our last few matches. So, but they're uh, they're a serious outfit, like you know, and and playing whatever eight weeks in a row is always going to be, I, I think, to your advantage anyway. Like players want to play matches, you know, they they want to keep playing as much as they can. So, Ballygunner, you could tell, you know, at the start of the game they were they were up to a different level to, to what we'd been used to. You got the, the two goals, both of which were sort of one-on-one situations with Stephen O'Keefe staring you down, which is no easy <laughs> no easy task to stick a couple by him. Is that is that in your mind when you're going in, you're thinking, I know this keeper's good, I know I have to, I have to be pr- pretty precise, pretty powerful. Can, can you take us through this, the goal-scoring process with those those of us who are never, ever going to score an important goal at anything? <laughs> Um, well, my, my main thoughts were was Kevin Towns is bearing down on goal, and I said if he gives me the hand pass here, I just want to make sure I catch it number one because uh, <laughs> otherwise it's a it's a chance gone. But no, thankfully it's stuck, and I, I suppose you know you just want to pick your spot and, and rifle it as much as you can. Cause he pulled off a, a couple of brilliant saves. He pulled off a great save in the first half, um, just out of nowhere, and you know he's a serious keeper. So yeah, look, luckily enough, they stuck in the back. We heard a little bit uh, from the Limerick uh, Live ninety five commentary earlier on, and they were lamenting the fact, David, that you're you're not unfortunately able to help out the the county team this year. Obviously, we've chatted to you 
a good few times in the past, but I don't think since you've gone over to London, you're with Wasps now working with them. Yeah, yeah, I moved this way second season with them now. So yeah, I moved over um, early summer last year. Um, so yeah, it's, it's you know it's just one of those things. Um, it'd be great to to still be able to you know put your hand up for for county selection here and like um, I think they have a great setup in there at the moment with with John Coyley and Paul Connerk and and Joe Connor. But um, you know it is what it is. Um, there's there's plenty of other good hurlers coming through with the under twenty one wins over the last few years and stuff. But I'm just to be honest, I'm I'm just grateful now to still be in with a shout and still be able to play with your club. You know, um, trying to get get flights back and playing days like yesterday is pretty special. Uh, yeah, and apparently quite a few of the Wasp lads were tuned in to the county final because it was on TV. They managed to find some illegal stream, or sure, perfectly legal stream to watch the uh, the Limerick County final. Your WhatsApp group was buzzing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure they paid their GAA goal. Of course, of plans, course, so. David. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think they were playing Exeter away and. Um, a good few of them were in the hotel the night before, and and uh, yeah, boys got it up on the screen, and they're all crowded around in in the medical room. So yeah, it was it was it was good crack. I think there was a bit of a fight broke out there at halftime, and a few of them uh, videoed uh, a couple of lads involved in that fight and put it into WhatsApp groups. So right. yeah, um, there was a, a few a nice, a, nice reception when I came back. Yes, a few cultural uh, differences that had to be explained. The Limerick County final schmazzle is not something that maybe they're quite used to. <laughs> No, you got to explain the word shamazel to them. And, yeah, for a start, yeah. And melee, and then uh, yeah. what's legal and what's illegal with with the bat, as they call it. So. Yeah. Well, listen, David, it's Slot Neil in the All-Ireland semi-final in February, so I'm sure you'll, you'll be back for that. In the meantime, great to catch up with you. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks very much, lads. Good talking. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Downtown! Just listen to the music of the traffic in Six the street. Six foot nine outside the air! Oh, rejected by Parker! Pops the shot! Nothing but net! You can't forget all your troubles! Coast to coast by the Downtown! Things will be great when you're downtown! No final place for sure! Downtown! Everything's waiting for you! I have to say, that is an extreme form of masochism that I've Almost never heard of in world sport, other outside of the GA, and I hadn't even didn't realize it happened in the GA either. County final, you lose, you go back the next day on a bus to the other team's clubhouse to yes, f- show how much of a true gale you are by shaking their hand and <sighs> rewatching your humiliation on a big screen. Does this actually <laughs> well, happen? Well, I, I I think the big screen was that was just an unfortunate bit of timing. Well, what else are they going to be doing besides showing the match on the big screen? Well, when the- I did it in two thousand and seven, which is go to the hometown of our uh, the team which beat us. You did this after you guys were hammered yeah. in the Galway County Final? Hammered. Two points. Jesus. Well, yeah, oh, but you, Jesus. you were never within touching distance, but please continue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, there was, I think, like six of us or something. Uh, two taxis went to uh, Barnagerig to shake the hands of the victors and say, well done. It was pretty awkward, Ken, to be fair. Come on, I need, I need some assistance here. Is this not odd behaviour? Is it odd? I don't know. Is it odd for Ireland? 
We're not a different country in many ways, I suppose. Did yeah. you look on the other? How many players are in it? Other nine players. Say, why? Come on, guys. You got to. We got to shake oh. hands. We got to go. No, no. Go no. to this other club and no, shake hands. I, I, to be honest, I think we thought this was a stellar representation. <laughs> I mean, like, what the hell else? You know, like, do you want thirty of us landing out there? I mean, there's guys swinging off the rafters. It's literally like yeah, you're you're killing their balls out there. Spring break. And then we come in and like, oh, <laughs> well, uh, you're a great man for coming out. Well, well, well. <laughs> Such I mean, a strange thing, isn't it? Yeah, we're not great, man. We're just, we, just, we just wanted a bit of free booze. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, can't remember, I can't remember, actually, whether we, could pay, whether we paid for it or not. But either way, it's what you do. <laughs> Hang on. Oh. You, land out, you lose a match, right? You land out to the opponent's clubhouse. They have to, they're so, they cannot but welcome you in and get you a few free pints. Uh. They'd feel guilty not doing it and after hammering you the previous day mm. by two points. So essentially, you're going to get for, to guilt people into getting I'd, your free, honestly, free points. Yeah. Uh, it, that's that's not a part of, That's behavior. not part of my recollection at all. Mm. Whether the maybe the first one was free, and maybe we paid for the two other ones that we had, and then we left tail between our legs, talking, you know, between ourselves. God, that was pretty painful. But there you go. On oh, well there you go. True guy, I hate it, Simon. I've got a call here that says you're the most boring, predictable, condescending interviewer around. Go back to lecturing. You have the charisma of a sick bag. Oh God. That's just it. I just oh. mentioned, not you, no me. Okay, ain't nobody fucking with my click, 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 click. Ain't nobody fresher than my mom. We don't normally click, broadcast all click, the, the stuff that click, comes from scum click, around the country. Click. Cahal Fallon has been in touch with us in the past and is in touch with us again on an almost identical subject. He's emailed in to editor at secondcaptains.com, Scumbag of the Week, part two. Hi, folks. In what is becoming a regular feature, I would like to nominate a second captain's member as Scumbag of the Week. As I'm sure you know, last Saturday was a lovely crisp winter day. I was on my bike in the Phoenix Park, gazing along Chesterfield Avenue, when I almost wiped out a stretching Mark Horgan, who was warming up his hamstrings on the cycle path. He was accompanied by a female fellow stretcher who was on the path with him. Unbelievable. Such reckless behaviour has led me to wonder whether I can continue to support such brazen flouters of the law. Though he clearly didn't mean a word of the previous apology done in the style of Tiger Woods a few weeks back, a second captain's mug and or t-shirt would surely placate at least me, if not many thousands like me, who are appalled by this incident. Although they can stay appalled, as far as I'm concerned. Keep up the good work. I'm off to catch Mark driving in a bus lane now. Regards, Cahill from Dublin. Well, Cahill, you have your wish. This week's scumbag, Mark Horgan, is here to once again offer an apology. Sorry, is this the same guy that Mark apologised to you a couple of months For back? cycling like a lunatic along the pathway. That's not worrying at all. Sure, it's not worrying. No. No. <laughs> this guy does seem to find you a lot, Mark. You seem yeah. to find him. You really I mean, well, it's it. either that or Mark is constantly flouting the law in all areas of Dublin all the time. Which Most I people just don't bother reporting it to yeah. second captain. Sorry about this again, lads. Okay, um, so is this time for... I know I my, my constant apologies aren't great for the show's image, but um, <laughs> Murph, have you got the apology keyboard? I do, sure do, actually, Mark. Okay, um, just play something appropriate, will you? Okay, it? can do. Okay, okay yeah, sounds... <laughs> Crocodile Rock. What? Again. It's good apology. Uh, you okay, I'm sorry. Okay, no, it's a on. jaunty just, apology. Okay. Just so sorry, we need something more... It's a great tune, but yes. we need something more appropriate, if you don't mind. It's pretty this good. is better, is it? Oh, yeah, that's good. I've been completely taken aback by reports in the media just now and by the scale and tone of the vitriol. While my conduct, which has been in keeping with my flamboyant and outrageous public persona, <laughs> may be regarded as offensive and unacceptable to many people, I at no time intended to upset anyone. Up until now, I had not been aware of the impact of my conduct and I'm truly sorry for any distress I may have caused in what I had regarded as light-hearted and good-natured circumstances. 
I've come to the personal decision that I need time away from the spotlight after decades <coughs> in the broadcast journalism industry. I will therefore take the rest of the day off. Starting from now, see you lads. I'm out. Oh, very good, Mark. Thank you. Time for us to make some music. Thanks, Ken. I think that should just about cover it. Play him out, Mark. Murph. Excellent. Say what you like, the man's an entertainer. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, 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 guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the World Service. Sure do we?